Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. But tonight... We are with Hope Alex. Yes, Daddy had to go out for some drinks and he's let me invite a friend over. So I am joined by From the Grapple Podcast and Post Wrestling's British Wrestling Experience, Benno. Hi, Benno. How are you? Hey, Steph. Yeah, feels good to be here. Feel feel a little bit like Nick Gage. Like I'm I'm on T like I'm on TNT, and the uh, at some point the executives are gonna uh, jump in and, uh, and kick me off the show. But I'm here for now. You've stuck me in the back door, and yeah. Always good to chat to you about AEW. Absolutely. And you know what? There's no better day to have you here because what a dynamite we had last night. We, As you mentioned, we mm. had Nick Gage on it. You are a bit of a Nick Gage expert. That's why we did a podcast earlier this week about Nick Gage. But not only are you <laughs> a Nick Gage expert, you are a CM Punk super fan from the old days from back in the ring of honor days and as you can see with the titular news guys we are going to be talking mm. a lot about cm punk so of all the days to have you on here i am so glad that you're on here today to talk to me about cm punk and everything that's happening but before we get into the titular news and of course dynamite Remember, guys, if you want to have your say on this show, you know what to do. It's um, WrestleTalk forward slash Wrestling Daily. The link is in the chat. Send us your ultra chats about anything that is going on in wrestling or the world or your life. I'd love to be a little agony aunt. But yes, sending an ultra chat is the best way to have your voice heard. And I mean, what better time now? Because wrestling feels like it's finally hot again, finally extremely exciting again. So I'm expecting you guys to have a lot of takes on what we saw last night and what we could be getting in the future. And as Daddy Alex would say, be a good egg and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and give this video a thumbs up whenever you're watching us, even if you're watching us on re um, replay on YouTube. And if you really, really love us and you want to show that you love us and show everyone in the chat that you're a super duper good egg, become a channel member and send me a little hot take queen emoji to show me that you are a member of the channel. But of course... Now we've got that out of the way. It's Thursday. It's post-Dynamite Day. That's why Miss Dynamite's here with you. It was such a good show. But we're going to kick mm. off this 
discussion with the titular news that came from Dynamite because AW have teased CM Punk's arrival in the promotion. The news that CM Punk is AW bound has been out now for about a week, just over a week. We had Tony Khan did an interview this week. It was with the New York Post, I'm pretty sure, where he basically said, like, no comment on rumors regarding CM Punk joining AEW. He didn't deny it, though. He didn't deny it. And then last night on Dynamite, Tony Khan was set to make a major announcement. People were wondering what it would be. Maybe it would be a UK show. Maybe it would be a show on the West Coast, something like that. But they announced that on August 20th, the second ever episode of AEW Rampage will emanate from the United Center in Chicago. It will be titled The First Dance. But that's not all, because after that announcement was made, we got a video of Darby Allen and Sting reacting to the news where Darby spoke about proving himself in AEW, even if you are best in the world and we know we know who uses that uh, nickname and not only that but one that you might have missed was later on in the show uh, mjf talking to chris jericho started off by referencing the pipe bomb promo and saying as you lay there hopefully in more pain than you've ever been in so is it really happening is cm punk debuting for aw in Chicago on August 20th, which is a couple of weeks before when we thought he might debut because of course they have the pay-per-view in Chicago in early September. Some people I know don't want to believe it. All I can say is if it's not happening, these teases were a really bad move because I don't think they so much teased us as in literally fluffed us up. Like it's, mm. it was called. Benno, what do you think? What is CM Punk? You CM Punk super fan. You that that were watching at the time that CM Punk went to WWE from Ring of Honor. You followed his whole career. CM Punk turning up on August twentieth mm. in Chicago. I feel like this is finally it. Like I have spent. I was just talking to SP3 about this. I've spent the last five, six years of my life being that guy, that conspiracy theorist. Who every time there's a little bit of a glimmer of hope, I think you know what. This is the year. This is the time Punk's coming back. I did it when AEW launched. I did it, you know, when the last time they were in Chicago. And I was ready to do it again now, you know. Like, I, I feel like something's changed in, in in kind of Punk's outlook. You can kind of mm -hmm. tell if you follow his, his Twitter that, you know, at one point he just never wanted to talk about wrestling. And then the last year or so, it just... It's just little things have started to sneak in, like the interview he did with you or, you know, a, a fan asked him a tweet about who he would wrestle if he ever came back. And he listed off Darby Allen and he listed off, you know, Powerhouse Hobbs and all these AW guys. And it was like, Punk is definitely watching the product. So I, I was already convinced at that point. I was ready. And then all out in Chicago. So I convinced, I worked myself into a shoot and believed it already. But yeah, you know, they, the, the fact that they've announced it, you know, here at the United Center, you know, two weeks before they're going to Chicago for three other shows, a bigger venue than those shows. You know, the fact that they, they again, you know, the Derby line about best in the world, the fact that yeah. they zoomed in on the fans there, and you mentioned the MJF line as well. They're doing everything they possibly can now to to lean into this news and, and hint at it. Like, I can't imagine any other scenario. Imagine if we get to the 20th and it's just, oh, yeah, uh, it, it's all like, it, it, there's no punk. 
Like that, I think AW, wow. I don't think AW would go out of business, but I feel like all of that goodwill they've got would go down the pan. So it's got to be happening. It's got to be, surely. Well, I'll just mention this once. For a CM Punk fan like yourself, the only other thing that I've seen floated about, of course, there's the deniers that are saying it's not happening. Don't get yourself excited. And I can see why people would think it's not going to happen because it seems so unbelievable. But as we've been saying, the tease was too strong for it not to happen. But what if they don't give us CM Punk, they give us Daniel Bryan on that day? Would that work? Or would people be like, no, you promised to CM Punk? Mm. Oh, yeah. I think exactly like AW, if this isn't the WWE we're talking about here, and by the way, you yeah. know, uh, viewers, if you're used to Steph being, you know, harsh on WWE, meet me. Um, but, you know, this isn't <laughs> WWE where something like that might happen and you might get it used for, for heel heat or, you know, yeah. AW is a, a company that, you know, respects their fans, that treats their fans with, with a lot of respect and, you know, puts these Easter eggs in their show, not for, for no good reason. They've got the trust and the, the goodwill with their fans that they're not going to want to blow. Tony Khan's a smarter man than this. Again, might be working myself into a shoot, but I can't see any other scenario than than CM Punk walking out on that dynamite and, and facing off with Darby Allen, which is perfect, by the way. What a guy for, for Punk to face off against, you know, uh, an old I school know. punk versus a new school punk, I suppose. You you theorized it, you know, you, you, you put I this did. out into the world. You did that tweet a couple of years ago. Some people... You know, when they say it's about yeah. it, you're right, though. I did. A couple of weeks, well, last week, I think it was, well, when the news came out, I did say that I wanted CM Punk to come in. <gasps> Randy Savage is drunk. Sorry. Um, to come in and immediately, <laughs> and immediately go after Darby Allen because CM Punk um, mm. represented a, a certain portion of the community. He was an alternative guy, a straight edge guy, tattooed guy, literally into punk guy. And that's something that so many people connected with and that he he mm. just represented this a section of society that you know would have absolutely wanted to throw their money towards him. And WWE never got behind him never ever got behind him and and i've said many times that i grew up a goth kid Mm. and i was i sadly wasn't a kid when cm punk was around but if cm punk had been around when i was even younger i i would have thought he was the greatest thing ever like absolutely but wwe never got behind that and now we have darby allen who's doing um like a very similar gimmick but he's pulling from the skateboard culture he's a straight edge edge guy as well he's giving it like an extra sprinkle of darkness that makes me like it even more so i am so into these two having a feud because i think it's absolutely perfect and i did see some people say why would he come in and darby allen be his first feud and of course we're theorizing that darby's the first feud because darby so blatantly made a reference to him but let's just go with this theory that darby's his first feud why not um, a Jericho or a Moxley or Kenny Omega, like the people that you would put in the top tier of AEW. And I just feel like, n- no, let's do something completely, completely new. I think that mm-hmm. Kenny's pretty tied up with the hangman stuff. And I wouldn't want this to affect the hangman stuff because that's very WWE to, to bring back uh, someone that, and then it messes up everything for the young guy getting over. And that is hangman page. 
So I want to see him take on a young guy that like Darby, a match that we've absolutely never seen before. It'd be so cool. They match up so well. They're like, it could almost be the, it could almost be like the young, uh, the current people who are fans of that scene against the older, like veteran people from that scene as well. So I think it's really, really awesome. But this is what I think happened, mm -hmm. Benno. This is my theory of what happened and how we have got to this place. Um, oh, I just want to say, guys, I'm not able to put your comments on screen. So I am reading them and I will read out some of them. Um, anyway, what I think happened was that Tony Khan, Big Tone, Daddy Tony, he was going to debut CM Punk at All Out in Chicago. Absolutely. Or maybe the Dynamite before. And then this news came out and then he mm. has just rushed and booked the United Center, which it, this is an incredible feat. If they get even close to selling out the United Center, it's it's an incredible feat alone. But to say that within about two weeks that you're going to be in the same market, uh, that's crazy because there are people sitting in Chicago now that are making the decision of, Hey, can I afford to go to both shows? Because this is the position that they're being put in. And I think the draw of CM Punk is enough to make people say, uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna make sure I can afford to go to both shows. I think you'll get more fly-ins as well that you would never get for just a, a, an, an average rampage or an average dynamite. I think you, you can get fly-ins for this as well. Um, and I think it, it is a ballsy move. It is a really ballsy move to say, yeah. hey, I'm going to rent out this massive arena. Like, What what did you tell me the um, the, the the size of it is, how many they can hold in this arena? It's, I think you can set it up for like 22, 23,000, yeah, yeah. If, if you want to. You know, maybe 15, 15 is what they're aiming for, but yeah. Like, look at what's happening. Mm. And I know WWE fans don't want to talk about it, but look at what, what's happening with the, the New York market with the Madison Square Garden sales versus the Arthur Ashe sales. There are people in that market that are just mm. making yeah. a financial decision of which show, you know, that who are wrestling yeah. fans of like, which show am I going to fork out for? So they are now counting on people, the people of Chicago, which is a great wrestling city, uh, probably the greatest wrestling city in America, to make the decision to say, we're going to go to both shows. And yeah. they cannot be doing this if you don't have a CM Punk. Like, that's no. it. I don't think even if we didn't, have, even if we didn't have that tease from Darby last night, it's just the fact that they're booking this building. The time that they're booking this building, he's coming. Mm. <laughs> he's yeah. coming. And I'm glad to hear you say that. <laughs> oh yeah, look, yeah, I, I think so. And he's coming for a long time and now i feel like it's mm. actually happening like it's actually yeah, happening. Yeah. i think the way you've laid it out there as well that has to be the thought process it has to, you know i i actually think this is quite smart because you know yeah the cat's out the bag we all even if cm punk wasn't coming aw shows for the next few weeks are going to be hammered with cm punk chance yeah it would have been a distraction. Let's say the idea was for Punk to come out at the end of All Out and challenge Omega or challenge Hangman or whoever's there yeah. in the there in the ring at the end of the show. Like the entire show, everyone will be chanting for CM Punk, hoping for CM Punk to come. This is perfect. You know, you book Chicago again a few weeks before. You test, you know, the that Chicago market and how much people want to see CM Punk back in wrestling. How many tickets can that sell? 
And then, you know, you can do an angle with Derby or whoever else, like you say, on this show, and you can build to a match it all out. And you don't have that distraction and you don't have that problem because I've always thought with Punk, like, I think Daniel Bryan, if he's coming in, is, you know, someone who you can just slot in. He could wrestle anybody on Dynamite every week and fit in quite easily. Punk's going to need meaty programs. He's going to need attention. And yes, you might have assumed he'd go in at the top with a Jericho or a Moxley or a Cody or someone like that. But I love this. Give him to Derby. You know, it'll elevate Derby. It'll be a, you know, a program that they can build up over a matter of weeks. Aesthetically, it works perfectly as well. I do think this is a stroke. If it was called on the fly, it's an absolute stroke of genius. And as Chris Elliott points out here in the chat, like Rampage is just a one-hour show. And that is, a, you know, you're asking mm -hmm. to sell out the arena. Yes, they'll probably um, do darks as well, but that's not a draw. As he says, they are doing a one-hour show in this arena, which is crazy, like, that they think that they can do this. Mm -hmm. But I want it to, because you're such a CM Punk fan and you've been through CM Punk for ages, uh, his his whole career so mm -hmm. you know that I'm a huge Jericho fan and we had um, we'll get to talking about this match uh, later but we had Jericho putting on an awesome performance uh, on Dynamite and one of the things that I like the most about Jericho is that he's always evolving and he's always changing his wrestling style his character his look like whatever Jericho is absolutely always he is the wrestling's david bowie so i'm wondering for you <laughs> seeing cm punk again and he's been away for years he's older now do you think cm punk mm. is going to be a wrestler like jericho that will evolve and bring something fresh or do you think this cm punk that we're going to see is going to be the cm punk that walked out after the royal rumble it's going to be very much the same wrestling style the same presentation what do you think about how he would want to present himself in a whole new company? Yeah, I mean, Punk is someone who I suppose like Jericho has changed his look over the years. You know, he used to have like the bleach blonde hair, then, then he came to WWE and started like more of an MMA look, and then he, you know, yeah. he cut the hair back and through his career he had like the different themes, like his Ring of Honor period is kind of mainly known for his AFI theme and then you know he had kill switch engage and then obviously there's the the big um summer of punk um period with, with living color he's a wrestler like that who's smart about like changing mm -hmm. things up and and constantly making them fresh I think the fact the very fact that he's coming into work Darby Allen I'm sure he's had to say in that you know, again, you know, I mentioned that tweet he did, you know, earlier this year where I think he referred to him as Dobbs, which was a, you know, a nice friendly way of referring. You can tell he's a fan uh, of Darby Allen. He must have had a say in deciding who he's working here. And to me, that says he's going to be motivated. He's not coming in just to work the top guys. He's coming in to work the young guys. He's going to know how good the Darby Allen is in ring and the type of wrestler Darby Allen is, you know, in ring. Punk's going to want to keep up with him. And Punk's gonna not gonna want to look like this, you know, like like Edge on on WWE, where you know he looks, you know, half like a corpse walking out there. You know, these days, like he's yeah. and hasn't refreshed his look one bit. Like Punk isn't one gonna, gonna want to be that guy. Punk is gonna want to be relevant and not not gonna look like a, a dinosaur next to a Darby Allen. I do yeah. think see him refreshing himself, uh, whether he's you know cult of personality or not, or whether he comes up with a new theme and, and starts afresh. That's interesting. Do we hear cult of per mm. personality? Because as much as he might want to refresh, the thing about cult of mm. personality is you get the immediate hit of this is CM Punk. So do you would you 
you know, bring him out to Cult of Personality in the first night. And then maybe when he starts wrestling, he debuts different entrance music just to get that hit. And it's such a great song, the way it hits, because it's the most mm-hmm. recognizable. Or do you debut him with a totally new song? I think it was it was uh, John Pollock that I heard today saying that he thinks um, he's punk should come out to the, the Last Dance song. Uh, because of like the name mm. of the show and everything um, and that people will recognize that mm. being in Chicago. So what would you say? Do you think, do you think we're going to hear Cult of Personality hit or do you think he's picked a whole new song? Because we know Tony Khan will lay down the money and he'll lay down the mm. money for any song that anyone wants, it seems. So, I mean, the, the world is open. If he comes out to Welcome to the Jungle, I'll be so mad because that's mine. But what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, the old school Ring of Honor fan in me would love him to come out to, you know, AFI, but I know that's yeah. nowhere near as recognizable. I think the fact that Punk did a troll job on Instagram last week and played that Chicago Bulls, uh, Alan Parsons project song as an, as an Instagram story, yeah. you could use that. You know, we could literally just come out to that and then you could go into Cult of Personality. I think, I, I know I heard John Pollock say that as well. And yeah, I think the temptation, at least for the debut, is going to be to go with, with Cult of Personality because it's so recognizable. Yeah. It's so tied to punk. It's going to explode, isn't it? Like, imagine that reaction. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If I was at any AEW live show, especially in Chicago, like imagine if we were there together. Anytime you hear like a hint of a noise, you'd be, be is that mm. is that cult of personality? No. 
like people are waiting for that song specifically to hit so i do think as much as you know change up your song whatever he's in a he's in a really different position from other people though because obviously say like uh uh, if Jericho debuted, he couldn't have used Break the Walls Down because that's a WWE song. Like he had his own music, like, his own song uh, that wasn't connect- that wasn't written by uh, WWE Jim Johnson, whoever's doing the music now. So and Punk is in that that like, same position where you can you you can use the song. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We have our oh. first uh, alter chat in, and it's about CM Punk. So please get any of your CM Punk chats in maybe you don't like cm punk maybe you're one of those people you want to tell us we want Bano to have a war of words with you on air go for it um bo hill thank you for the ultra chat bo hill and hello prediction cm punk doesn't debut on friday he debuts that wednesday and then opens the show on friday also freaking tanahashi if we get tanahashi and moxie at all out my little mark heart might explode so do you think that uh, I, I would give my opinion right now. If I was a Chicago person and they debut him on the Dynamite before and he opens the show in Chicago, I might be asking for a refund because I think you're buying the ticket on this to this Chicago yeah. show to be there when history happens. And I think that it would be a little bit unfair to the Chicago yeah. market who are now paying for another one of your shows to actually debut him wherever else they are a couple of days before. What do you think, Benno? Yeah, I think there'll be 20,000 very unhappy people in Illinois if that happens. I, yeah. I, I do think, though, if we get closer and they haven't sold, say, 15,000 tickets, on that Wednesday, they might just close down. I might outright say, and CM Punk's going to be on the show on Friday. Oh, you might get that, but I don't think, oh, you know, know we're going to get, like, a full color. debut. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, there you go. Just play it at the end of Dynamite. Oh, that'll be perfect. I feel like the messaging on this Dynamite was so strong that if it if they aren't shifting tickets, I mean, mm. how much stronger can you go on the messaging? It'll be interesting to see if there's any more hints dropped next week. The thing I can imagine, um, the only thing that I can imagine being a swerve is that Darby is a swerve, and in the coming weeks mm-hmm. we see many different people drop a reference into their promo like everyone you know like mm-hmm. um, they have already done it but like a jungle boy like a jericho an omega a page that you like you don't know so that we completely don't know who mm-hmm. he's going to come in and, and get to i think that would be the only kind of little swerve um that they could do and as we leave the the cm punk chat for now but of course if you do have any more cm punk comments get those ultra chats in and i will be going back to them um so bo hill also said about tanahashi if we get tanahashi and, and moxie at all out his little mark heart is going to explode will your mark heart explode as well benno it's crazy that we're talking about CM Punk, Tanahashi, Nick Gage. This is the best wrestling company in the world, Steph. I'm happy to say oh, it. The fact that we can have this discussion. My little bar part already exploded. For... I don't know about you. I've been saying that for nearly two years. Uh, this is the best wrestling company in the world. And I honestly don't know how anyone is not on that train um, at all. Even mm. if the even mm. if the other side weren't bad, they would never be this good uh, and this exciting. But I think that we are going to get um, Tanahashi and Moxie at All Out. I think that's a real, uh, real possibility. I think that 
if you're going to go to the trouble of flying Tanahashi over to the US, especially with the restrictions in the world right now, then you're going to have to make use of him. And I think that that little, you know, tease of him saying that he would take on either Archer or Hikaleo. Um, and then I think when a lot of people saw that, they thought on Dynamite because that's where these matches have been happening. Um, and it's not true. It's going to be at the LA show, um, which is later this month, uh, mm-hmm. next month, sorry. So I think a lot of people were then like, oh, but then towards the end of Dynamite, you get Moxley for no reason cutting a promo on Tanahashi. Like, like there was no reason for it at all unless Tanahashi is going to end up in AEW so, somehow. And Tanahashi, like no offense to Nagata or any Kenta, anyone else that we've got from New Japan, if you have Tanahashi, that's a pay-per-view match. That's not a Dynamite match. So I think Bo Hill's correct. And I think that his Mark Hart will be exploding very soon. <laughs> yeah, I think um, so too. I'm with you. But if Tanahashi's here, he's here for a few weeks. He's, he's here for, you know, a, a couple of New Japan strong appearances, a Dynamite or an all-out appearance. I think they'll be making the most. The fact that that promo took place on Dynamite tells you everything. Yes. All right, well, let's get into Dynamite, as you say, because even though we've spent so much time in CM Punk, I think this is one of the best Dynamites um, in a, that I've watched. Like, This is one of the best of 2021, which is amazing because there's been loads of great uh, matches or Dynamites in 2021, but this one really had a lot going on. And we opened up the show with like a lovely little video all about being a cowboy featuring Hangman Page and The Dark Order. Uh, I thought this is super sweet. This is super the kind of thing that Steph likes. Uh, Hangman Page, he came out in a new gear. He had a purple bandana. There was purple on his gear. Uh, we saw in this week's BT that he was handed some new gear by The Dark Order, sewed by Alex, Alex Reynolds, who has his insane size, of course. Um, and then, whoa, we were spoiled for entrances because... We get the elite coming out, full basketball gear to get ready for this from Space Jam. This was fantastic. We then learned that it was a tie-in with the movie. They had got a sponsorship. This is how you do a tie-in. This is how you do a tie-in. You just do something super cool or cute in the entrance. You don't have freaking zombies ruining everything uh, to embarrass us all for being wrestling fans. This was just fun. It was just in the entrance. They worked spots into the match with basketballs uh, to varying success as well. But this didn't like overbear or anything. And the elite are, are presented as such dorks. And I mean that with like total love that even if there was no Space Jam tie-in, you could absolutely see them walking out as a basketball team. Don Callis was wearing shorts. Mm. But yeah, um, Benno, did you enjoy the entrances here? Yeah, I think like like you said, the Dark Order Hangman entrance is just such a lovely story. You know, the fact that this this group, this ragtag was accepted, Hangman as one of their own, and now he's accepted them. And it's not the Dark Order and Hangman Page anymore, I don't think. It's just the Dark Order. I love all of that. And I think the video was great. Young Bucks and Kenny Omega can tread the line for me sometimes because I kind of think, you know, are they being so goofy they're hateable, or are they being so goofy they're just funny? And you know, it's it's almost like not a babyface move, but it doesn't always land with me. This I couldn't help but enjoy. Like it was, it was, it was funny them coming out, you know, doing the whole space jam thing, you know, uh, breaking through there the entrance way and you know, dunking the basketballs and like, you know, if you're gonna do this this tie into it to a movie, these lads are goofy enough to get away with it. And again, it does walk that line sometimes, but this was funny. Even even grumpy old me, 
had to kind of laugh at it and uh, and enjoy uh, this as a, as a as a movie time. Well, let's get to the match because the first person eliminated was per Alex Reynolds, who was going back to his sewing machine. He was eliminated by Carl Anderson. Um, and then we had um, Uno and Grayson. They managed to eliminate Anderson. Uh, then we had Grayson and Gallows do a face-off, which ended up they went outside the ring. Grayson did a dive from the balcony, um, axe handle to Gallows, but they both were counted out. So funny, uh, I will say that they pinned Carl Anderson and it was Gallows that, that didn't take a pin. Um, and then we were left with Omega and the Bucks against Paige, Uno and Silver. Omega ends up eliminating Uno with a one uh, V-trigger and a one-winged angel. And then we had a basketball hoop brought out by Brandon Cutler and a Meltzer driver onto the floor. But Nick... Jackson missed the dunk. I saw uh, Daddy Alex tweet that Nick will be haunted forever by missing that dunk, and I think he will be. I'm sure they'll turn into something hilarious in BTE, though. Um, Silver was then eliminated uh, by a BTE trigger. We had left with Paige versus Omega and the Bucks. Then things, this was not a situation I thought we would find ourselves in. We got Omega and Paige one-on-one. Omega spat in Paige's face, did a V-trigger. Paige came back with a running uppercut, but the bucks were just too much. He hit double buck shots on both bucks, pinning Matt. And then Omega tried to use the belts, but he was stopped. Uh, Paige avoided being hit by a belt, hit a dead eye, near fall. Omega avoided a buckshot lariat, hit Paige with a belt, another near fall, two V-triggers. Followed one winged angel on page to pin him and win the match. Uh, shocking, shocking results here because everyone, you know, we've been building up since this company began to Kenny Omega versus Adam Page. They gave us a way to do it. And everyone, we, the storyline was finally getting started. Uh, the stipulation was they would, he would get the match if the, te- the team of Page and the Dark Order won. But no, no tag team title match for the Dark Order and no championship match for Adam Page. Um, I was shocked by the result here, but uh, I have trust and faith in AEW that I think that we're just getting another twist in this story, which I enjoy to see where they can take it next because I am one of those people that, of course, I was delighted when they started this train moving, but I still have that worry of, is this train moving too soon? And this is an interesting little pit stop that has happened. So, yeah, I can't say that I I don't have any problems with the results because I do have faith in the booking here. You know, if it was somewhere else, maybe we'd be saying, what are they doing? But I can see that something good is going to come of this. And it was a really, really awesome match. What did you think, Benno? Yeah, that's it. If this was, again, WWE or if it was somewhere else, I'd be very worried right now. You know, are they aborting the push of Hangman Page, you know? With this, I mean, and it was, it's a risky move as well. It's a ballsy move, throwing these lads out for half an hour, you know, at the start of the show. You know, the crowd is molten hot for Hangman Page. And then to have him lose like that, that could have took the wind out of the sails for the crowd for for the rest of the night. But I think the crowd like us have got, kind of trust in aw and trust in their storytelling that kind of fits with what the story is a hangman page doesn't it that yeah you know he's coming so close and then yeah there are these setbacks that you know along the journey along the way yeah. i don't read a huge amount into it i don't read into this that the all-out match isn't happening i just read into this as a it's a bump in the road um and we are going to still get to it we're just you know telling a, a 
getting a different route there, I suppose, and telling the story a sl slightly different way. You know, uh, as said in the chat there, you know, there's five weeks to all out. We've got time. You know, we've got time for for, for for something to change in this story. And yeah, trust is is the big thing there. I mean, but yeah, as, as a match, I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't, ex you know, it's hard to do a big elimination match like this with so many yeah. eliminations to do, but I think they paced it out really well. And I didn't expect Hamman and, and, um, and Omega to face off and actually have any no, physical interaction. Yeah. But they did, and it was done well, I think. And I think it was a again different way to do the story than I expected, but I still enjoyed it. Yes, I love being surprised with booking, and if they can surprise us with booking in a good way, I'm happy. So, uh, I think this is great. And you know, the one thing I'll say is like Paige, he part of Hangman Page's story is like the self doubt that he can have and taking losses hard, um, and feeling inadequate basically but now we see mm -hmm. a different page a page that has friends friends that can build him up so i think this is a good little bump where he took the loss but this time it's not going to affect him like other losses has because he's got this great group of friends around him that are going to say no man you're you're hangman page you're amazing you're the handsome cowboy you're going to get back on the horse the the dark order are going to tell mm -hmm. hangman page to get back on the horse um I think that's really, really great. And I just can't wait to see where it goes. Uh, next up, we had um, Pac doing um, an interview with, but he was alone. He did not have the Lucha brothers with him. And then he was confronted by Andrade and his new manager, Chavo Gro. Basically, they called a limo for the Lucha brothers. So the Lucha brothers aren't here. And Andrade recommended packet better transportation for his associates or they'll work for someone who will. Um, I thought this was fine. Still not sold on Chavo being Andrade's mouthpiece, especially if Andrade still talks as well. I would just much rather they let Andrade just go for it with the talking. But um, I did hear Andrade or Tony Khan say, uh, in an interview this week that Andrade wanted to be with Agüero, so that's why we had Vicky and then Chavo. But Benno, I know you're not high on Chavo being Andrade's five piece. Did this help convince you any further? Yeah, I feel like I wished on a monkey's paw to get rid of Vicky Guerrero and they replaced it with Chavo Guerrero. <laughs> I still can't get over it. I feel like Tony Khan is personally trolling me. Um, so we've gone from Andrade looking like he's hanging around with his mum to looking like he's hanging around with his weird uncle. Uh, it's not good. And I think that's the type of situation where if that's Andrade's idea, you tell him no. Because um, it's really confused right now. That angle last week was so weird. And then this week... You still got Andrade still speaking for himself in some ways, but then in other yeah. ways, Chavo's jumping in. It just doesn't work. I think Conan was right there, or Serena De La Renta was right there from MLW. There were so many better options than Chavo, and they're going to have to work hard to convince me otherwise. Okay, next we had a celebration for Ricky Starks, the FTW champion. He came out with Hook. Hook, if you want to know what um, promotion between WWE and AEW is actually for the young people and actually cool and trendy, just look at how Hook's dressed compared to anyone on the WWE roster. I mean, 
he he just looks great. Uh, he had some flowers with him. We had a whole brass band playing. Uh, really good promo by Starks here, I thought, completely burying uh, Brian Cage, basically saying that Cage has no charisma and not even standing next to Ricky Starks could let some charisma drip on to Brian Cage. But then we had Cage's music play. He came out. He attacked everyone in the band, smashed a bass drum over the drummer's head. Starks ran away, and Cage basically still wants a piece of Ricky Starks. Uh, yeah, all, I think this was just a good promo promo by Ricky Starks. I'm not sold at all on Brian Cage by himself. I'm not as hard on Brian Cage as Ricky Starks was, but there kind of is some truth to the fact that he's not really a guy that I can see carrying promos and stuff for himself. And he was in a great position having not only Taz to talk for him, but Ricky Starks as well. But good segment. Any thoughts on this one, Benno? Yeah, good segment. And yeah, Ricky Starks is fantastic on the mic. I want to see him get more mic time on Dynamite. Thought Taz was great here as well. We, we've now we've now been blessed with that gif of uh, of Taz dancing um, that we will forever use now. Um, Taz is great. He's so entertaining he's on these so shows. Great. He's the best. Dad. He's amazing. But I believe, I believe, yeah, and he's so proud of his uh, his lovely looking son as well. But uh, you know, Cage is is one though where like yeah, I feel like the the build to get to here the story of like you know is he gonna turn is he gonna turn was the highlight of this story i think now the cage is out on his own as a baby face yeah. i don't know you know they, i've never really seen it on it in him you know to be a, a standalone baby face on the indies at any point and i don't really know what they're doing here he wouldn't have been my choice of guy to to stand stand alone um yeah again he's gonna have to gonna have to prove something here because yeah i think you're gonna have you know starks and taz and the heel side carrying things promo side and cage hasn't really got that in his locker so yeah i'm a little bit worried for cage out on his own here well, next, uh, we've already talked about this, but we did have a video from Hiroshi Tanahashi. If you, that, this was two men with amazing hair in a row. I'm talking about Hook and then Tanahashi because, wow. Um, <laughs> he's going to challenge the winner of Lance Archer and Hikaleo. There was no date given at the time, but as I said earlier, August 14th, resurgence um, at the Los Angeles Coliseum. So really cool just to see Tanahashi on Dynamite. We previously saw him when Jericho had his uh, 30th anniversary celebration but that was just him giving a message to Jericho this was mm -hmm. him actually issuing a challenge on AWTV so I thought that was awesome and yeah as we said before can't wait to see if Tanahashi sticks around in the US and potentially goes up against John Moxie that's going to be really cool uh the next match we had was FTR, uh, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler versus Santana and Ortiz. This is a match that has been building up for so, so long, ever since the uh, Inner Circle and the Pinnacles started feuding. They've done a lot to try and put this match over, including bringing, over, bringing in Conan just to align himself with Santana and Ortiz. We had some great back and forth stuff between Conan and Tully before. We had a press conference last week that I don't think worked, but actually it worked in the road too. If you watch that instead, um, I think they got it over a lot better there just because it wasn't cut up so much. But this match, I just think, was a bit of an unfortunate situation because we had Cash Wheeler take get a nasty injury when he was shoved off the ropes by Santana. His arm seemed to hit the metal between the ring post and the turnbuckle. And it seemed like after that, that Dax was just like, go to the finish. Um, he took out uh, Santana with the baseball side. He had a drop rain buster on Ortiz for a clean win. So that was just very rushed after that. Um, 
he looked really hurt. There was a lot of blood coming out of him. I did read PW Insiders this day that he was okay in the back. Um, it was just a pretty nasty looking uh, arm injury there. But yeah, I, I just feel sorry for this these guys with this uh, match because it, it had so much build to it, whether it was well executed or not. I think that people had really high expectations for it. And circumstances meant that it didn't really deliver. I don't think it was on the right show either because we had too much else, big stuff. You, I don't think you could have followed that 10-man tag that we had to open the show with. And then this this show also, of course, had Jericho and Nick Gage. Like, this is really big stuff. And this was a match that I think probably should have got a better stage. And I know, obviously, they were in Carolina, so do it there for FTR. But unfortunate, this will not be the last time these two teams meet. And I hope next time they do, they get a bit more breathing room on the card and we don't have any injuries and they can go out there and do the kind of match that I'm sure they want to do for everyone. I mean, this this was a match that I, I'm one of those people. Was, I was really looking forward to this. I've been really looking forward to seeing Santana and Ortiz at the top of the tag division. It, Like they said on commentary, this is a tag match that hasn't happened before, you know, between two teams who've blazed very different paths in tag team wrestling. You're right. This is this is a match that could have main evented a Dynamite or at least kicked off a Dynamite heart. You know, next week even, you know, there's, there's not exactly a huge amount of big stuff on next week's show. I, I would have saved this. I think there's a positive to having a, a stacked Dynamite and everything feeling exciting. But I think this match was one of the biggest losers of being on this stacked Dynamite. And yes, injury didn't help. And, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, Cash is okay and, and things. And, you know, it sounds like he, he he's going to be. But I think that was just the nail in the coffin at this match because it was already not going very well. Um, the fans didn't seem as into it as you'd expect for a, a first-time meeting between these teams. And like you say, the uh, just where this was in the car just wasn't right for the match. I think they grossly overestimated uh, what FTR mean to North Carolina. Um, I think mm. that this match should have been in front of a New York crowd for Santana and Ortiz. I know when we first started mm. talking about this match and I said, you do it in New York, do it in New York. And so many people came back to me and said, no, you have to do it in South Carolina for FTR. They're not that type of team. That, the, mm. FTR, they're so super serious that it, it just doesn't connect in that way the way you could put out another guy in their hometown and they get this massive reaction mm. and at the end of the day they're the heels so you shouldn't be looking for that for that reaction like at all unless you can't avoid it unless it's like a brit baker and it cannot be avoided uh it can certainly be avoided with ftr so i would have done this in anywhere near new york for santana and ortiz and i think that that's probably where they'll have the rematch they might also have the problem of being stuck on a loaded card but i think it'll be better second timeline because i ftr if they're anything they're guys that take wrestling super seriously and that's why i like them so much and they are hard on themselves as well no matter what happens so i think the next match is going to be really good um maybe at arthur ash as owen saying in the chat there uh, i think that would be a really good place uh next we had a brit baker and rebel segment basically brit needs a bodyguard um who do you think it would be i think that 
you could do that she's worked out a deal with Mark Sterling for the money and that it's Jade Cargill. Though I'm not sure a lot of people will like that, seeing Jade in a bodyguard-style role, like behind someone else when she's so dominant. But <clears throat> I think that if it's worked properly within her storyline because she has a business management, uh, it could be good in the short term, leading to a match between the two. The other person I thought of was um, Emmy Sakurai because she is now coming to AW full-time very soon, and I could see her working in a role like that. Do you have any any predictions there of who we could be seeing? Yeah, I think they're good shouts as far as, you know, people internally. I'd love yeah. to open that forbidden door and bring in some of that impact women's division. Maybe it's not a perfect role for like a Diana Parazzo, but mm -hmm. Jordan Grace could work, you know? Jordan there Grace might be, yeah, I think, I think the AW women's division is, yeah, is strong, but imagine those two added to it. Um, you know, it might give a bit more direction. You know, you could turn one of them on Britt Baker and, and give her a proper storyline with a, a good wrestler, <laughs> you know, imagine that. Um, yeah, I think but a bit of new blood, I think might be the best way to go with this. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, and then we had the whole madness of CM Punk that we that we have discussed. Uh, if you're just joining us now, we did uh, about 25 minutes to half an hour on CM Punk at the beginning of the show. Uh, next, we saw Lance Archer mm -hmm. defeat Hikaleo. Uh, this was Hikaleo being put in a really big spot here um, on national television. I think he did a really good job. Uh, I think the match also suffered, and this is going to happen with the next couple of matches we'll be talking about. It just suffered from being on this card. Um, you've got a guy like Hikaleo that people don't really know. Lance Archer is not exactly uh, the, the top star in AW, so I think it kind of found itself buried in the card. Uh, and at the same time, another thing that really didn't help it was the fact that we were all talking about CM Punk during this match. Everyone was talking about Punk. Everyone was tweeting about Punk. And I don't know how you grab someone's attention when you've literally just had the biggest tease ever that CM Punk's coming in. Yeah, definitely. And they tried to grab attention by bringing out King Haku, but yeah, even yeah. that didn't, uh, didn't didn't pull everybody. That was still cool to see him wandering out on, uh, on TNT. That was awesome. Um, Hickle, like you say, Hickle was very young, like and very, you know, far as experience in, in the business goes, he's he, he's not there yet. Um, I don't find him particularly convincing as a big man. He just seems too nice for the role. But I think he'll, hopefully with time he, he'll get there. He's nice, but yeah, he just mm. needs some time to develop an actual character because I he, he's mm. a super nice guy and I've met him many times. Um, but the only thing I'd say is negative to him. He is super tall and he's from a famous family and I think he suffers from mm. his character just being he's super tall and he's from a famous family and I think he needs some he needs yeah. to make an actual character so that's not the only thing that we say about him because he doesn't mm. have a character and that is what we end up saying about him. Oh my gosh, he's so tall and oh his dad's Haku and you know all of this mm. and I think it'd be great if he just took some time to, de to develop a character uh okay next was a <laughs> i thought this is hilarious cody rose he's in the gorilla position he's about to talk malachi black just <laughs> takes him out uh the crowd was so into black here which is very very interesting um and then mm. we got fuego de sol uh kick black with this spinning heel kick um I have to say what I really enjoyed about this is Cody, as much as we can dunk on Cody for some of the stuff that he does and Cody's in Sammy Guevara's blog and 
you can dunk on him a little bit for that because like he's put himself in the cool vlog as being the elite has has kind of morphed into something else. It's not about the young bucks. He's like latched on to the young cool guy and said, you know, put me in your vlog. But for us vlog viewers, it being Fragrance Solo Ran Art was excellent. So thank you, Cody, for that. Um, but yeah, this was great. I think the crowd reaction, extremely interesting. Cody did not get cheered, especially being in the South as well. I thought that was a, 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 an interesting note there on that. Definitely, yeah. I mean, for me, Fuego was the star of this. The way he took that kick and then the way he sold it afterwards was just brilliant. Um, but no, it was a, it was a hot angle. Um, this is a feud that is hotter than I would have expected it to be. I'm not the biggest, like you, the biggest Alistair Black, Tommy and Malachi Black, whatever you want to call him, fan, but clearly connects with a segment of the AEW fan base. So it is working. I just, I do feel like the match is soon. I don't know about you, but like this, the, it's got all the warning signs of, you know, Cody Rhodes having these two to three week feuds and then moving on to something else. I hope his eyes not been caught by Brian or Punk or whoever coming in. And this is the end of it. You know, this, this match next week, I'd really hope that like, this is a match that, you know, a feud that goes to all out and, you know, yeah. Cody actually has a feud that he can sink his teeth into a while before he moves on because that's been a real problem with Cody this last year. I think that this is a case of Cody is going off to do uh, the Go Big show again and they have to get him off TV. Oh, yeah. Uh, Black's going to be the guy. Um, but it, it, Cody's feuds, they are short attention span uh, feuds and that that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. He's a busy man. He's got his hand in loads of pies and he sometimes just has to leave or uh, put his attention ex uh, elsewhere. Uh, moving on, we had a good promo mm -hmm. from Nero. Uh, he's motiv motivated by vengeful God and a double-jointed wife. Uh, next, we have a match that... A match that I really have absolutely nothing to say about. Christian Cage and Jurassic Express, they defeated the Hardy family office. Um, this was really, really nothing. Uh, after the match, we had a Blade, who is part of the Hardy family office, coming out with like a hoodie and everything on, hitting Christian with brass knuckles. And then the reveal was that it's Blade. And I mean, considering the hoodie reveal in recent weeks had been Frankie Kazarian, I was extremely let down when I realized it was Blade. And it looks like that's Christian's next opponent it seems which okay um yeah I, I just don't think there is enough uh it i've been saying this when we've been having you know orange cassidy feeding with them as well this the butch and the blade are just not real characters they've not got over in any way even as heels they don't even seem that threatening to me and they just i just wouldn't go with them even even for christian um <clears throat> we yeah. then had a Short match between Thunder Rosa and Julia Hart, who is with the Varsity Blondes. This was a really quick one. This is Thunder Rosa's first official match in the AEW roster. Uh, she won with the Fire Thunder Driver. It was, a, I think, less than five minutes, really. And it was sandwiched in another really terrible spot because everyone was waiting for the, the death match. And... Yeah, I just hope that they can showcase the women a little bit more when they get that extra hour of TV, uh, especially because Thunder Rose is so amazing. And I just, it was a little bit of a nothing thing for her first official being signed by AEW match. Uh, Julia Hart, she's green. They did point that out in commentary. And I think with some more reps, she could be pretty good. I like her character and her presentation. Uh, she needs to definitely work on her promo so that we don't always have the varsity blondes talking on her behalf, which isn't great. But yeah, this was fine for what it was, which was a very quick Thunder Rosa squash match. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd have switched these matches around. I would have put this before the the Christian match. I would have. I wouldn't have spent the entire match on commentary building up the main event, which felt very WWE. I didn't. I didn't like that. And yeah, I'm with you. Thunder Rosa is much needed in this women's division. Give her some focus and give her some attention. And yeah, put her in better spots than this because she absolutely deserves it. Yeah. Um. Then we had. Oh, we've already talked about uh, John Moxley, of course. Uh, he's basically called out Tanahashi. We don't know when that's going to happen, but we really want it to happen on AEW television, and maybe All Out is the place. Mm-hmm. But let's go to our main event. This is the match that I was extremely, extremely excited for. A little bit scared, not because I'm scared of death matches, because I'm not just because I you know, want it. Wanted nothing bad to happen to Jericho. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Nick Gage. This was the neighbors of Jericho. MJF was there on commentary. Immediately, Nick Gage, MDK, was cutting Jericho's head with a pizza cutter. Uh, no, cutting his arm, sorry, with a pizza cutter. There was blood. Then we went into some actual wrestling. Like we got actual mo- wrestling moves from Nick Gage here. Uh, we got a lion tamer from Jericho. Uh, then we got Jericho driving, Gage driving Jericho's face into the ring post. And then stuff kind of turned a little bit after that because we had Gage pull out the light tubes from under the ring. Jericho got Floyd the bat, so he surprised him with it. At some point, Jericho's face started getting bloody here. Um, and then he got the pizza cutter again and started carving up Jericho's forehead. Then during the break, there was a lot of Gage bringing out different weapons, chairs. He got a guy to help him get a pane of glass out. Uh, and then he got the glass propped up between two chairs and they were fighting on the top rope. And then Jericho, top rope Frankensteiner, Cage went through the glass. He then went for a code breaker. Cage caught it. Jericho then fell on the glass. Oh my gosh. Then Gage broke light tubes over Jericho, a pile driver onto the glass. <laughs> and then Gage like got a shard of glass and was stabbing it into Jericho's head. And Gage got two bundles of light tubes. He was going to smash one over Jericho's head. Jericho spat green muddy mist onto Gage's face, got the tubes over him, hit the Judas effect for the win. Then when the match ended, as if this wasn't enough fun for Seth, we had MJF come out to announce who the next labor would be. And OMG, it is Hooventude Guerrera. I can't believe it. And not only are we getting Hoovy because he is one of Jericho's great rivals from the WCW days, we're also getting it because of a comment that was on Dynamite nearly two years ago because they appreciate canon and uh, fans remembering stuff. This is amazing. The stipulation there is that Jericho has to win with the top rope move. Benno, Nick Gage fan, Nick Gage expert. How did you feel about Nick Gage's performance on Dynamite? Yeah, I was I was worried at first. I'm not going to lie. You mentioned that first segment of the match where Jericho tried to have a wrestling match with Nick Gage. And I'm not sure it was going particularly well. There were definitely a couple of clunky moments and it felt like Jericho was trying to shepherd Nick Gage into, into doing what he, to being in the places he needs to be and do what he needed to do. And then there was that spot, like you say, with the with the glass, and it was all great from there. And it turned into the spectacle that this needed to be. Uh, I mean, so much credit in the world to, to Chris Jericho for for being up for this. You know, I'm sure he watched his, uh, his Zack Ryder tape from uh, from the weekend with Nick Gage and uh, and took a couple of notes on on how he what he how he could do the match and what he could 
acceptably do. And I think he went above and beyond what anyone would have expected him. Took a couple of glass bumps himself, took a pile driver on the glass, like you mentioned. Yeah. He was well, well up for this. And yeah, I think that second half of the match really like made it. And it felt like Nick Gage was a credible threat in that side of the match. It felt like, yeah, this was what we were promised with this Nick Gage character. And, you know, I'm someone who loves Nick Gage, but I know he's not the greatest wrestler in the world. I know he's a wrestler who's used to working, you know, smaller crowds and doing, you know, the plunder matches. But I think he worked here as a monster of the week, uh, especially, I'd say, in the second half of the match. I wouldn't have him on Dynamite every week, but in a role like this, you know, maybe you could do a, a return match at some point, or you could bring him in as a as a monster for someone else. I, I I think that could really work, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Highlight of the match was the pizza cutter spot where, in the I don't know if you saw it, I know you saw it, the TNT um, broadcast yeah. cut away to a Domino's where they were cutting a Domino's pizza at the same time as Nick Gage was cutting Jericho. So you know, people were saying, "Oh, the advertisers won't like this." Ah, the advertisers will love that. That was so great, wasn't it? I hate the advertisers won't like this talk. I know that uh, Uncle Dave's really into it, along with his. Well, women apparently, women won't like it either. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like I think that's completely, completely overplayed. Um, yeah, I really yeah. do, and I think that AEW uh, are also in the good position that they're not a publicly traded company, so I don't think mm. they have to care about stuff as much as WWE does. Like WWE has gone down a different route of trying to be family friendly, um, and you know PG era stuff like that get certain sponsors, whatever. I don't think AEW has to be as concerned about that because I think if they can build their ratings well enough, it's just going to be a a cool product that isn't necessarily aimed at kids. We know the kids will watch it. Um, and yeah, I think, I mean, maybe they could get, maybe they could get some different sponsors. You know, if State Farm isn't into it, I'd say a White Claw sponsorship would be right up their alley. Get Joey Janela to come out with some White Claws every week. I think that would be absolutely rocking. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, Beto, quickly is oh, yeah. when we did our little podcast together where we talked about Nick Gage and we talked about how Nick Gage has been having these fish out of water matches where he first had this match with David Arquette, where David Arquette was brought in as this actor who's trying to prove himself and as a shoot it 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 went pretty wrong like uh, he was out of his depth both in the in the ring and like shoot out of his depth because we know what happened there and then we saw his match with Matt Cardona where Matt Cardona was brought in as not a deathmatch guy but he was I I felt like the story there was him being like really cocky and basically saying like, you're nothing. Like, I don't care that you can do all this weapon shot. Like I'm Matt Cardona an actual, a wrestler that's actually wrestled in WWE. And I'm, I'm going to beat you because I'm genuinely like better than you because of my, my status. And this match with Jericho, I thought was really, really interesting because I think the way they presented it was Jericho coming out as a pain maker. It was like, he was, kind of digging in to find like something within himself to go up against Gage. I think out of those, if you took those three matches, like a, a Nick Gage trilogy, like three DVD set, uh, the Jericho one is kind of, he, he met Gage as close to his level as he could without being a deathmatch guy. He started out trying to get him to do some wrestling. And then when it didn't work, the the weapons that Gage put in that ring, like firstly Jericho uses Floyd the Bat, which is his weapon, but then the other weapons were brought in and placed out by Nick Gage. And it's like 
Jericho had the the like switch flick on in his brain to say like no i have to work within these this guy's rules and use the things that he has now you saw that amazing top look frankensteiner through the glass that he'd set up and i think that it was a very good story and the way that jericho won in the end it was such like a desperation thing like hit him and then like crack him with the judas effect and he it was like a relief you know when he won for the jericho character and he's still there like covered with blood and mjf gets to come out and tell him what's next but yeah i just thought it was interestingly worked an interesting story that they were trying to tell there when we look at the way that nick gage is used in death matches against non-death match people yeah, definitely. I think because Jericho is this, you know, former world champion with, you know, 30 years of career history and you're such a bigger star than the, the previous two people we mentioned. I don't think you could, you know, also as a baby face, you can't really do what, you know, we did with Matt Cardona, which was basically Matt Cardona running away from Nick Gage. And you yeah. could also, you know, in the GTW environment, get away with a little bit more violence as well. This, you're right, you know, when it started with them exchanging, like, hockey punches, I was a little bit worried, though. Like, I feel like Jericho should be selling a little bit more for Gage. But he did, you know, once Gage took over and the violence took over. You mentioned, I thought it was really clever. They protected Gage in that the finish was Jericho, you know, desperation, wasn't it? You know, the miss, yeah. and then, you know, hitting the elbow out of nowhere, hitting the Judas effect out of nowhere. Like, it, even Nick Gage even did, like, that old Hulk Hogan-style kick out out of three, you know, even at that, at the very end as well. You know, they, they protected gauge because i do think they'll want to bring him back as a one-off in a, in a future role and you want him to still be a credible threat and you want jericho to sell the struggle and my god did he sell the struggle like after the match with him you know the face paints cover coming off and there's blood all over him and he's oh, the face he was pulling that was brilliant like he looked like he'd been through a war and if he's going to sell this labors of jericho storyline he needs to look like he's been through a war every week and like he's not going to last one more challenge so i think it worked perfectly in both ways and that you can put over Jericho and still protect Gage and protect this story. Death matches, I think, with the the general wrestling view in public, are always going to be a bit divisive. We saw this when they did the exploding barbed wire death match as well. Um, mm -hmm. I've I'm I'm always saying how much I love I, I love death match. I love extreme violence. I don't want I don't like wrestling being in any way. Hang on, you're a woman though. You're not supposed to. <laughs> I know. If only, if only I was Dave Meltzer's one female friend, and then he would have a totally different opinion <laughs> on what women like. Um, but yeah, I like that AW can bring out all these different things. I don't want my wrestling to be like cleaned up, sanitized, and presented to me in almost like a living cartoon way. I want to be able to see all all different things, all different types of wrestling. Um, and this was just super cool. And then the next labor is Juventud Guerrero. I can't believe it. You know better than I did predict this one, but I predicted it in a way where I didn't think it would come true. But I, as you guys should know, grew up watching WCW, loved it. One of my most memorable WCW moments ever is when Hubi lost to Jericho and he had to remove his mask. I love that so much. So the fact that they're pulling this out, I think is really, really cool. As I said on Twitter today, AEW, they reward wrestling fans. Like this is, you, you are now rewarded for knowing enough about Jericho's career that you know he had this rivalry with Hoovy or knowing enough about WCW that you know Jericho had a rivalry with Hoovy. And you know what? You are rewarded, even if you're just an AEW viewer that had never watched wrestling from you just started the first dynamite because of the reference that Jericho made to Hoovy in that promo with MJF 
which was brought up. So it's being rewarded all around. And WWE don't reward you for watching like week to week, never mind for like 20 years, two years, whatever. So this is very, very cool. The labors has been such a great idea because I think it was very cool what they did. And no shade to Sean Spears, but this was very sneaky because first man up, Sean Spears, and everyone just went, Sean Spears and he's going to go through the pinnacle <laughs> and it's going to be like very much like when uh, and they're just rehashing the MJF Cody thing whatever they got Sean Spears out of the way and then bang like Nick Gage, Hoovy we don't know who's next it's really really cool and are you ex excited as I am for Hoovy to come on Dynamite yeah it's uh, you know who went to Guerrero in 2021 I don't know how he's going to look in ring but it is cool. And like you say, you know, you say, you know, AEW rewards, you know, fans and rewards if you're paying attention. They are, you know, respecting the history and legacy of WCW in a way yeah. that WWE hasn't in the last 20 years, you know, just from being on TV for the last two years. And, you know, these this is the real success of to WCW, AEW. Um, that's what it is. And I love when they lean into that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I really did think that's what we were getting. I hope for your sake, Steph, we are at least still getting Jericho and Wardlow. I really do hope that that match is coming. But this pivot has been great, you know. Could Lance Storm be next? Could it be someone else from Jericho's past? Could it be someone from War, you know? I, 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 the options are open now. Could be anyone, you know? Could be absolutely anyone. And I love that. And that, that makes it so interesting. It's like a, a trip through Jericho's past, isn't it? It's like, you know, yeah. it's like <laughs> it's like the ghost of Christmas past or something like that. Um, and I love it. It's brilliant. And you never know what's going to come next. And yeah, it's just cool, isn't it? To, to see and, and see a promotion reward long-time fans like us. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it, it's so great. And, you know, as we wrap up here, AEW has made wrestling really really exciting again and it's made you just want the want dynamite week to week and just you're, you're so much to talk about so much excitement teasing stuff it's just so great and watching that dynamite last night i just couldn't believe that like this is where we got to in wrestling that it was like this much fun again because there have been dark years uh in i'll say north american wrestling because new japan was absolutely wonderful for a time recently but there has been dark times in north american wrestling until we got aw so it's like super super cool everything that's happening and oh my god cm punk is coming and he's coming soon but thank you so much for joining me benno it's been so great you're the perfect person to have on today you are a CM Punk fan. You are a Deathmatch Defender. <laughs> and I hate WWE. Um, <laughs> you picked the wrong time to say that. As Frank Franklin Goodwin told me, we get it. You hate WWE. I like this channel, but you're way too yep. biased. I will take that on board. Anyway, <laughs> give me some good wrestling that I won't be biased. Uh, thank you so much, Beto. Why you tell all the people where they can find you and what you are up to? Well, if you want to hear more biased takes uh, towards good wrestling, uh, you can find me over at 
the uh, other Grapple, uh, Grapple Spotlight podcast. We record uh, every Monday and we cover the entire world of wrestling. And we do cover WWE. And when it's good, we say it's good. And when it's bad, we say it's bad, like yeah. it has been for most of the last 20 years. Um, and I also, <laughs> over at Post Wrestling, co- cover British wrestling um, for the British wrestling experience over there once a month. So you can check me out there. And other than that, if you are, if you enjoy Dynamite, if you enjoy wrestling in general, download the Grapple app and throw your star ratings in. I am uh, their representative. So I've got to make Grapple Gareth happy and, uh, and throw that plug into. Yeah, the Grapple app is great, guys. If you don't know what it is, um, even if you uh, if you listen to uh, Wrestling Observer, got to mention a couple of weeks ago, and Dave didn't explain it very well, it is an app that you download and you just put in your ratings. It's like a letterbox for wrestling. You rate matches. All the matches are up there immediately. It's really, really good. You know, you can follow your friends and see what their rating matches. If there's a show where you can't watch every single match, you can pick cherry pick the best ones from ratings done by genuine wrestling fans so it's really 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 good um way to get like everyone involved in saying what they like give star ratings to things because as we've previously talked about sometimes uncle dave is just on a world of his own but thank you so much guys for joining me um make sure you follow me on youtube head over to my channel tomorrow 6 p.m for some more biased wrestling talk as i present a show called AEW Weekly, where we do only talk about AEW. But thank you guys so much. It's been great having you. Thank you, Benno, and good night, everyone. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.